cracking that beer (laughs) nice nice i'm actually juggling a couple of well a cat of my own right now i realized as i was walking to my room i looked down and was like oh no mushu (laughs) oh mushu yeah you sound very echoey (laughs) yeah well i'm in the kitchen right now because Uh. i i felt bad doing doing our thing without feeding him and making him wait Oh, poor buddy. So now I'm now I'm in the kitchen, but Chuni's like on top of me because he's like, oh, food, but he doesn't want food. He never wants food. Oh, yeah, we were I texted Julia right before this. Uh, we started recording that we were juggling cats because John um, is a comic book collector and <laughs> does not want to read comic books around the cats because they will jump on them and shred them. Uh, yeah. And so he was like, why don't I, you're doing your cat podcast. Why don't I just throw them all in here with you? <laughs> so <laughs> they have all been dumped. He actually it was really funny. He just came in with the bag of treats and he was like, I'm just going to sprinkle them all across the floor. And so he like... <laughs> drizzled them across the floor and they all just went like shadow is literally still searching the he's like still sniffing the carpet because i mean there probably are ones that he missed they're all over the place all right yeah (laughs) (laughs) nice oh moosh where'd you go oh my god update he literally just found one (laughs) it doesn't help that we're also doing laundry right now so we have this big pile of towels on the floor that he's like i'm sure just finding a lot under Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Um, well, welcome to Paranormal Captivity and our hectic cat lives. Yay, <laughs> cat life. <laughs> it feels like it's been so long since we recorded last. I know. It really has been a very long time since we recorded last. <sighs> We're so sorry, everyone. We recorded ahead a couple episodes and then um, we started doing every other week because our sister was getting married and we got a little a little lost in life but we are back and we have some more kitty crime solving for you yeah we got a whole conclusion we do we have a big climax and then we have fun halloween plans to announce yeah fun halloween plans that i'm stressing about even though it's not important to anyone but me (laughs) (laughs) well that we're going to talk about on the patreon uh i think i know what you're about to say and that we're going to talk about for our kitty world news oh which we're going to record book i was talking about our book oh oh okay well i was just you know giving a little trailer for what you could expect if you become a patreon a patron a patron yes i lost my wine oh no no do we need a minute we need a minute because if I don't find it before Chuni, it's going to go all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. No, it's okay. I'm searching. I'm searching. There's only three rooms in this apartment. I <laughs> couldn't have left it. Oh, there it is. Found it. Oh, thank God. Okay. We're good. We're good to go. We're good to go. Woohoo. Well, now that we both have alcoholic beverages and all of our cats, have been, <laughs> their needs have been met. Welcome to Paranormal Captivity! Yay! Where we put our cats before anything else. (laughs) As is definitely indicated by this recording. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me, oh my. Um, Yeah! What do we... Should we just jump into the book? Because it's like right on my mind. Yeah! No, that's great. I started reading the this section quite a while ago so I forget where it picked up (laughs) (laughs) well it picked up in kind of a boring place because when I was kind of like oh man our like technically our first episode in uh October is going to be talking about Christmas because it starts with them (laughs) celebrating oh my god shadow I am literally gonna kill you what are you doing 
he's like on the oh my god he's making noise with things that i don't even know how he's making certain noises okay That's okay chuni's playing with a toy that he like literally never plays with and it's the one with the bell so you're like, <laughs> going bell noises in the background <laughs> oh my god it is always funny they're like dynamic like murphy just now that they're all three in here and it's like right before dinner time i'm sure they're gonna be so loud and, like, Shadow's being so disruptive. But Murphy literally did her standard, like, flop on the ground and put all four paws up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so she is out of it. But Shadow is being disruptive. Oh, no. Oh, before we start, I should also say, it is almost Shadow's... I don't want to say adopt anniversary because we didn't adopt him. We just grabbed him off the street. So it's almost his grab-off-the-street-aversary. Yeah. I call that Founder's Day. Oh, Founder's Day. That's really cute. Because I found all of my cats. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Jano, it's your Founder's Day. (laughs) He's literally just walking in and out of my hand holding the phone. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's almost Mushu's Founder's Day, too. I found him, like, right after Halloween, like, a couple of days. Like november like third or fourth or something like that oh that's really sweet i also well i'll give a little teaser for our patreon i'm also gonna talk about the uh little cat costume i got shadow for his adoptiversary that john's like he's well, gonna hate that <laughs> yeah of course they hate all costumes but they look so cute in them but and they, they love so attention cute. yeah <laughs> yeah i picked up a uh three dollar it looks like a baby onesie but i swear it said pet costume on it (laughs) (laughs) but it's um orange well you posted the picture everyone saw it it's orange with the the halloween but it was a small and i always forget that like small pet costumes are meant for like yorkies (laughs) (laughs) which is like literally half the size of either of my cats (laughs) So they never fit. I always forget that I need like a medium to large for my enormous monsters. (laughs) Oh man, so good. Yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the book was hilariously starts around Christmas, and it starts right around um because the last we had left off was the notorious. I will never forget. post thanksgiving horrible santa parade the santa parade in which quillerin was santa and he fucking hated it guys he hated yeah it a lot. yeah i know that was funny because in this section there was a part where like someone was gonna bring it up and he was like no no don't talk I don't it was polly <laughs> he, he polly was the one that he was like i hope she's not here <laughs> and it was polly that brought it up was like oh dear how is the parade i never asked and he's like don't talk about he's like i don't want to talk about it (laughs) so yeah we also got the really fun cliffhanger last time remember celia robinson who uh quilleran has been talking to who was grandma gage's friend down in florida at the park of pink sunsets Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and they've been flirting a little bit we get a little more of that in this where quilleran's like literally imagining what life would be like if she were here and how fun how much fun they would have together and how she would make meat for the cats (laughs) Like, yeah, right. I think he was he was trying to replace uh, Mrs. Cobb. Yeah, I think he might be R.I.P. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was flirting. I think he was like, oh, new, like, old lady housekeeper who can cook for me. That's probably <laughs> true. She was flirting, though. She was for sure flirting. She was old lady <laughs> flirting, though. That's true. She wasn't that, that old, kind of, like. I don't think she was either, but I feel like it was the old lady flirt where it was like, I can get away with this because I'm like, consider myself an like inappropriately old age for this person. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, So she had, so Quillerin had been calling her just to get a little bit more information um, about Grandma Gage and about her death and also about the Park of Pink Sunsets as he has become very suspicious of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And he actually outright in the last episode said, um, sorry, this is like a refresher for me as much as it is for everyone else. I'm like (laughs) trying to talk through it to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He had actually even said to her like, hey, I think there's some shady dealings going on there. I don't exactly know what it is, but just throwing it out there if you have heard anything or whatever. And she 
loses her shit and just is like, how dare you? I can't believe you would say that. Like, I have been really, you know, giving you a lot of information about uh, euphonia, about Grandma Gage. And, you know, I really thought you were going to do a good job writing this piece, but uh, you've, I've been totally wrong. You're just a hack and like, goodbye and like hangs up on him. And then during the parade, we get a little mystery notice that she has called the pa- the newspaper and says, hey, I actually, I have to talk to you. So it kind of starts with that. We get the first little bits of, um, uh, in this, um, in this section so we read 16 through the end chapter 16 through the end of oh we also forgot to say as we always do we are still in the cat who went into the closet <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh this is the big denouement oh my god did you hear murphy hissing in the background i did hear that <laughs> murphy chill out chill out <laughs> um yeah shadow also stop bothering her um so yeah this is the climax and so from the beginning of this section we get um the call from celia roberts rob robinson celia robinson and uh so he starts talking to her pretty regularly but this first call that we get from her is her just being so beside herself upset that she had to yell at quillerin but she did do a very good job because she turns out was suspicious that her phone was being tapped and uh which is actually later proved true yeah um in a very little sneaky way that Quillerin finds out but her first her the first thing out of her mouth is oh my gosh I'm so sorry the like terrible things you must have thought of me I had to say that I didn't know who was listening um I thought it would be safer just to say that and then call you back from a payphone at the mall so she has taken herself out to the mall called quiller and back and now is like you know they're kind of talking more freely and she is a little bit befuddled and is kind of like oh i've never you know thought anything negatively of anyone here but also i think starts to give quiller a little bit of information that he's like okay yeah this place is really really shady mm-hmm. which i don't actually remember initially what she says but i do know he pretty quickly starts her on a very ridiculous James Bond themed plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was like bold of him to assume that she like understood what he meant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm not even sure that I understood what he meant when he was like, I was like, what are you going for? Yes. (laughs) But I mean, she was like very into it. And this might also be like a, like, sign of the the times and like the times that they both grew up in i feel like this is a very like 1950s like detective story mm-hmm. yeah yeah they might they might have been onto something that like <laughs> is not as common these days yeah very true i do think you're right i think with like some of the storylines we get with with these books it definitely with the way that like any other because i think a lot of the ways that their scam works is that they have kind of like what we said before, like they had a lawyer who would do wills for cheap. And it's like, well, I mean, you can find on the internet lawyers now that will do wills for cheap, if not even just programs online or like, you know, whatever the situation is. So I think like the way that the world has changed since then makes a lot of this a lot, not necessarily, although there is still a lot of elder abuse, like a lot of, you know, scamming elderly people out of their money. So I don't know, maybe there is. Yeah, no, that's true. So basically what he starts doing, he kind of, as they're talking on a not tapped line, um, he basically says like, hey, I think I think the Park of Pink Sunsets is stealing money and I think they stole money from Grandma Gage. And so he actually says to Celia, like, would you be willing to help me? Which would also include like you snooping around a little bit and doing some things that I tell you to do. <laughs> and also include me wiring you obscene amounts of money and you pretending that you're yeah. rich. <laughs> yeah. And like But she was like, um hell yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's true. I kinda got wrapped up in it too until like halfway through the section where I was like, oh wait, if it actually turns out that they killed Grandma Gage for her money and it wasn't a suicide, then he put he put um Celia Robert Robinson in like direct a very right like a very dangerous position yeah 
he was also spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) he spent (laughs) a lot of money on this you guys (laughs) yeah like he was very in it to win it (laughs) he invested hard (laughs) yeah but I mean, I guess that means he cared about Grandma Gage. He wanted her her murder to be avenged. <laughs> it's it's true, yeah. And I think um, there just was enough shady dealings there. He felt a little bit of like sense of justice. I think to you know sort of shut them down and whatnot. So he sets her up with her first. Literally, it's like a typed out like double to double O. It's weird. He gives her the like call sign, not like double O seven. It was like double O thirteen and a half or something weird. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Um, and then like gives her yeah, literally just like a piece of paper that's like agent double O thirteen and a half directive to like check out the park of pink sunsets. Blah blah blah. And then like in the little description it's like you know what it's like it's like you went to a murder mystery and you get your little your character card and so hers says something like your sister has just died and it's also like i mean she does say later she doesn't have a sister but it's also like why would you just send something like that and not just add in the word like imagine (laughs) (laughs) pretend (laughs) like i don't know if i got something like that i would still like probably call you and jessica and marlon immediately and just be like just checking i know this is fake but also (laughs) right yeah yeah that's the part where i was like i i agree that i think if i got something like that i would want it to be like prefaced with a word like imagine or pretend yep but i i don't know maybe that is like more of the times like maybe there are more thing like I don't know did they do murder mystery parties back then was that like an old-timey thing that they were like that was normal that's true I don't know and I also wonder too if like I mean he did as he was writing it he was like I'm doing the stupidest thing right now and his thought process on it was that by making it a little more tongue-in-cheek she might feel more comfortable with it because initially she was a little bit wary about you know rocking the boat too hard which he really did have her do mm-hmm. um and so i think he was like oh maybe this will make it like more fun for her he also interesting interesting enough does say too like i might have just done something really stupid if she is involved somehow with yeah yeah he i do remember him being a little bit worried that she was like <laughs> already a double agent yeah for for the park and he was like well <laughs> maybe i just wired a double agent like five thousand dollars and just <laughs> abscond with it <laughs> right literally that's the first thing he does he sends her this little message and it's like your sister has died in i chicago um and she's very wealthy she's willed everything to you you are first of all to put on a grand party for the residents of the park of pink sunsets and like specifically go to the two um <laughs> it's not bonnie and clyde betty and clyde it's like literally something so similar right. to bonnie yeah and clyde. <laughs> we can just call them bonnie and clyde yeah let's just do that from now on because clyde actually is the the one name and then the other name is uh something else really similar to bonnie betsy yeah something like that maybe betsy and clyde are off-brand bonnie and clyde <laughs> um and so yeah he just straight up wires her or uh, sends her a check for five thousand dollars to basically take specifically to betsy and clyde and um basically say like say the whole pretend story of like her sister died she's come into a lot of money she wants to throw this party mostly at the beginning to drop hints of like hey i'm rich now and see what they do about it yeah which is a little bit silly because that's not the first thing that that i would do if a sibling died (laughs) i mean oh no (laughs) maybe if you're like estranged and like in your you know twilight years and expecting it like i don't know maybe but I mean, yeah, you still wouldn't be celebrating. You would, like, go to yeah. the funeral. You'd have other, like, plans. Like, And she, right. as she says later, she's young on the young side of retired. So it's, like, you can probably still travel. It's not like you're – I mean, you know, you can definitely still travel. She was, like – I think she wasn't even 70 yet, to be honest. Yeah. 
but you're right no you're, you're definitely right it's like yeah pick some pick a family member that's a little farther out than right a yeah like an estranged like uncle or something mm-hmm mm-hmm because honestly that part doesn't matter to the story no it doesn't <laughs> other than like why are you celebrating it only <laughs> shows that quiller doesn't have a sister yeah. <laughs> or doesn't care yeah. oh god so yeah so he they kind of set up a little thing there where um he sets up like a time frame in which she call- can call him at home from her you know spy phone at the mall (laughs) and um but he also i think they get maybe they do a few little correspondence before but then at one point um pretty early in the section quillerin and polly leave for arch Riker and mildred's wedding yeah because that was on christmas day yeah christmas wedding really nice it actually sounded really fun they went to like a little cabiny type place in like a like an old timey like lake village and had like a really cute little ceremony like that actually sounded really fun yeah it did sound fun but they did have a little bit of a traumatic experience there oh another traumatic experience happening (laughs) (laughs) we're having traumatic experiences over here too murphy is just trying to lay down like she usually does and shadow is just all up in her grill oh well i'm glad your cats make those noises too because every time ari sees either mushu or chuni she like has a fit (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah murphy's just like such a diva she just like can't handle anyone like and she just like displays herself so ridiculously too she like lays out and has her like little paws hanging up in the air and her like floof all out and then i think franklin and shadow just like love to mess with her when she's like that because she just is like being so divish and then she obviously gets real mad (laughs) how dare you disrupt my floof time oh floof time (laughs) but yes okay so what are the oh sorry you were saying there was a disruptive (laughs) oh yes a, a disruptive incident there is a big disruptive incident which takes us into the big climax i think actually i know right i don't think there was like a whole lot of i mean a lot i feel like a lot happened in this section but it was like very quick yeah and i actually kept thinking too i was so dumb and kept um i was like reading and i was like wait oh my god this is like really wrapping up but like I feel like I still have like 40 pages like what's happening and then I got to the end I actually John and I longer story that I don't need to tell John and I like bunked off on all our responsibilities today and went to Universal Studios (laughs) to ride a bunch of rides and like I was about to leave and then as I was leaving I was like wait I think I only have a couple pages left I should do that before I leave And so I started reading. I literally only had half a page left because the end of it was the cat who went to breakfast, which is the next book. (laughs) I was like, oh, all right. This just went right into another one. Nice. But yeah, you're right. It's like not a ton happens, but I feel like I always say that and then we always find shit that happens. So we should probably just start listing things. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember if there was... Oh, well, I guess before he leaves... um... He talks to what's her name about her nephew or her grandson coming. Yeah, there are also a couple. I think there's a little bit more in Celia and Quillerin's little back and forth because now that I'm realizing the he go he does it does go like straight into the climax from Purple Point the wedding. Mm-hmm. I think there's more. I think there's everything else that happens with Celia and Quillerin in between there. Yes. 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 Well, I think, I think like the bulk of what he finds out, he actually finds out from the grandson's tapes. That's true. Yeah. So like the, yes, he and Celia do like a back and forth with like, he sends her more money and the like items from the catalog that are worth a lot to get appraised. And like the Bonnie and Clyde or Betsy and Clyde start taking her to the dog races like they did with grandma gauge and start treating her like super well and like i think the the appraisal for those catalog items come back like super low so he's super cooler and gets super suspicious about that yeah he sets up this really i thought that was actually really smart he like 
took a bunch of he had i think it was bushy from lockmaster well he's from pickaxe now he has a photo studio in pickaxe yeah he had pictures he had basically stole pictures from bushy's old house in lockmaster that had apparently all this like really swanky stuff and then he had uh oh shoot amanda goodwinter i think or someone at the design firm in pickaxe is um, it Fran? Oh yeah, I think it might have been Fran. Yeah, he had them appraise all of that stuff, and he sent the same pictures to Celia in the little 007, 0013 and a half package, as like, you know, go into them at one point and say like you don't know how to liquidate anyone's estate. If they have anyone that can help, that'd be great she's up in chicago here are some pictures there are like 11 rooms of things like this and then yeah the estimate comes back and they're like oh we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for all of it and she really sweetly is like really excited about that but quilleran's like no 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 all of those things would have been i he got them appraised from fran and it was for like nine hundred thousand dollars so they were way ripping her off yeah for sure so he got super suspicious about that but apparently they they were starting to like treat her really well and she was like so excited and Quillerin, I think the next part of the plan Quillerin was like well let's per- like see how far you can push them and ask for like like special waivers for you know like your grandson to visit and for you to have like a pet and yeah like, no he didn't suggest the grandson visiting she got bold and did that herself she, she did like, that I'm, herself i'm gonna ask for my grandson to visit and quillard was like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quillard was a real poo-pooer about that i was like yeah. you better let this nice woman who is doing you favors I know, invite right? her grandson for fucking christmas <laughs> <laughs> or new year's or whatever it was but i think he was he was like a little bit rightly worried because this grandson is 13 years old and she was gonna have to tell him everything and he was like i don't know is a 13 year old gonna be able to play along with this right but like he like he could hang like he totally did like super well and um they put him in kind of like a little bit of a double agent position himself Yeah, honestly, he might have been a little higher in the chain. He might have been 007 himself. He didn't get a 0013 and a half. Yeah, no, he did. He did well. He did. Yeah, he actually might have been one of the biggest, like, linchpins in, like, clinching the whole thing. That, like, Quillard already suspected, but that he actually got people to, like, act really shady and, like, because that was a big part of wore a wire <laughs> yeah he basically did that himself he didn't like i don't think quillerin asked him to do that i don't think no quillerin was just like see if he can get people to talk and the kid was like yeah and i'll like wire myself to you know yeah in the, you know like that was very very well thought out on a 13 year old child's part <laughs> and he did he went above and beyond like initially quillerin was just like oh just talk to um or just have him go like play chess with mr crocus who is uh, Grandma Gage's love interest. Mm-hmm. And Quillerin was like, I'm sure that she confided something in him. Like, just have him go play chess yeah. and see if he can, you know, give any sort of information about the Park of Pink Sunsets being shady. Mm-hmm. And then so he, yeah, right. Not only does that, not only tapes himself, not only gets some badass information, but he also goes and records himself talking to Betsy of Betsy and Clyde. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if anything super important came from that. Yeah, I think. But yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he got any like dirt on that, but she was like kind of an asshole. Yeah. She just caught him. He caught her acting like trying to be like super nice. He kind of cut like. I think it was something that cut through the facade of like what you know I think it was he was trying to like get into their computer system or like see a little behind the scenes and she got real defensive about that and was basically like yelled at him to go away yeah which I mean fair he was being very annoying but also like 13 year old kid come on (laughs) yeah especially if you're like it's someone from your retirement communities like family I feel like you'd give him some job to do, like envelope stuffing, like something. You'd give right. him something like, and it, like if it's a normal office, it's not going to have 
weird secret like of course they're like bank accounts and books and stuff that they can't see but like just put them in a corner that doesn't have that or the logins for that and you're fine and just have them like sit in the corner and like stamp shit or something <laughs> right or like have him go play like retirement home bingo be like here's a list of things right. that i want you to find in the courtyard like don't come back until you've seen them all <laughs> right literally yes yeah so funny so yeah that was really interesting clayton clayton is actually his name oh yes oh clayton what a good little 007 you are oh as like a side note i think this happens before quiller and leaves too i feel like we're just like you know with thinking trying to list all the things that happens potentially before quiller and leaves um so a while ago so he's going through all of the stacks of things that coco has found again um also side note coco has been standing in a safe which i do not think is safe (laughs) i mean i guess as long as it doesn't close right those doors are just so heavy and like i would just be so paranoid he would get trapped in there i I mean, mean he's a cat savant i get it but still but still yeah for sure i mean you're talking to the person who like purposefully closed her cats into cabinets to train them to be able to push their way out (laughs) yeah but not an airtight safe (laughs) yeah no i'm saying i'm like also paranoid about my cats getting trapped in things (laughs) Mm. fair fair yes (laughs) i'm even paranoid like every time i open the microwave i'm like don't jump in like there's no way they're gonna be able to jump in (laughs) there's literally no way they're going to jump in without me knowing but i'm still paranoid about it (laughs) yeah they'd have to like little tetris themselves a little bit yeah and also my microwave is the kind that like hangs from the top cabinet it's like built into the wall (laughs) so it's not even (laughs) on my counter (laughs) oh yeah no they're not going in there no but anyway (laughs) anyways (laughs) moving on from our cat rant um (laughs) because what else is this podcast but just a reason for us to talk about our cats yep and mystery and mystery um so yeah okay so oh oh okay so my i derailed us that was my bad um (laughs) yeah so coco has been right he's been as we recall pulling things out of closets they finally opened that closet in which everything was supposed to be burned Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we basically I remember like editing and hearing us basically yelling about like oh my god if everyone if anyone ever gave us the directive to burn the contents of a closet we would do it but we would look at every single piece of material in that closet first yeah for sure because that's I mean if someone's telling you to burn something it's because there's juicy secrets in it yes exactly and juicy secrets that are going to leave the world forever yeah forever if you burn them and not don't know like maybe you need to know which this information that comes out is kind of good information to know because what he basically ends up um discovering is that oh no this is actually on oh this is a little bit later but i think it's fine he finds this out at the wedding because nancy fincher is there and the the um Christmas parade is brought up again because uh, she has brought her sled dogs mm-hmm. and she offers to take people on rides and people are excited about it. But Quilleran is like, no, thank you. I have mm-hmm. done enough of that. Mm-hmm. And then, but something in that jogs his memory and he's like, actually, wait a minute. What date was that parade? And Nancy Fincher says, oh, it was November 27th. And Quilleran says, how do you remember that so exactly? And she says, oh, because it was my mom's birthday. I mean, her mom has since passed on, but she was saying it, it was her mom's birthday. So she always remembered yeah, it. I don't, I don't think we've, I don't think we've talked about that discovery yet. <sighs> I think that was in this section, but we haven't talked about it yet. That was in this section. Yeah. 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 But that was. <laughs> So this conversation happens after Quillerin discovered. Oh, right. Yes. Sorry. I realized I, I, I'm doing it out of order. Yes. yes. <laughs> Quillerin had already discovered. God, I'm doing a bad job storytelling today. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I mean, talking. that's fine. It's it's all coming out. It's just a little jumbled. <laughs> it's just a little jumbled. I'm going to turn over the reins to Shadow. Maybe he'll do a better job. Shadow, take it away. 
Take it away, Shadow. Oh my god, he's gonna jump up onto the windowsill and make a lot of noise. Um so yeah, so what he had already found, what Coco had already pulled out of the closet, the closet to be burned, um, was a birth certificate dated November twenty-seventh. And it was a name that Quillerin didn't really know, but had like kind of tried to look into and kind of hit a bunch of dead ends until until Nancy Fincher says that it was her mom's birthday. Yes. And also background, this was a birth certificate with Grandma Gage as the mother. So Oh yeah. That, oh my god. That's an, an, important, an important piece of important piece of the information. <laughs> yes, that too. So this is like this is the big discovery of the like enormous family secret that has been like referenced, but no one actually knew. Like every time Quillerin was like, Hey, what's the deal with this family secret? Everyone was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so this is this is the big the big reveal, the grand reveal that Grandma Gage had, you know, this enormous secret her entire life that she had a an illegitimate child with her um we i mean we never really find out who he is but i guess it doesn't really matter at this point her like farm lover her like horse farm lover i can't remember what his job was (laughs) yeah no i think you're right he was a farmer of some kind and we also find out i know last episode we were like what did he do like she was there for some reason and i think we were trying to be like was it during the war (laughs) like (laughs) what was going on it was probably while she was pregnant (laughs) well no we find out no, it was um while well, her husband was in prison for a little bit of time. Oh. And so, so while she her went to go live with another man, Grandma Gage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She literally No, I think she was like like sent in disgrace maybe to live on a farm <laughs> because I her husband know. did something bad. <laughs> I mean, it was the 20s, I think. Cuz I think the this person was born in 1928. Mm. I mean, I guess. All right, I'll, I'll give it to them. I mean, I just assume women were like subjugated in all the ways, all the all back that far. I wouldn't yeah. put it past people to put a woman out to pasture for a man's sins. Yeah, <laughs> Renee Zellweger didn't go. Well, no, Renee Zellweger was the one in prison. Never mind. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I was I was trying to reference Chicago, but I I got it wrong. Her husband was not in prison. She was in oh. prison. <laughs> Well, she went to prison because yeah. she killed him. <laughs> because she killed him. But not her husband. She killed someone else. Oh, did she? Yeah. No, her husband was, like, there the whole time. Oh. She, I guess I'm just remembering She the killed her, her lover, I think. Oh. She was having an affair with some guy. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Chicago. But this is, like, not... <laughs> Even we my are friends was wrong so obviously <laughs> i don't remember the storyline we are way off topic but weirdly enough actually i was just singing the we had it coming or he had it coming song uh, because, because it's it, great it's such a good song and it just randomly came on in uh, i think Susan's car the other day yeah that was a great great song yeah i hardcore relate to the woman who killed her husband for chewing gum <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i feel that like that is an adequate punishment (laughs) i do like the one the one line of i forgot the story which woman it was which story it was but it was the one who was like and then he ran into my knife he ran into my knife 10 times (laughs) i think that was the same woman was it oh she was a gem well (laughs) (laughs) oh god guys if you haven't seen chicago you should do it yeah um oh my so sorry for the digress <laughs> where the heck are we um a legitimate like child it was all this has been all my fault because what happened was i think i panicked and i was like oh my god there's not enough in this in this part to like make a full episode and then i lost my damn mind and i took a few <laughs> extra sips of beer and now here we are <laughs> here we are <laughs> with half a story that doesn't connect oh god <laughs> apologies apologies to everyone that's okay it's all coming out so (laughs) so to to bring it all back around to recap yes please do (laughs) please do so before the wedding we have Mm -hmm. quillerin's plan with celia is that her name yeah with celia we find out some shady dealings we know bonnie and clyde are ripping off 
the 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 patrons of the Sunset Hills pink flamingo <laughs> yes. pink pink sunsets yes park Hill, hills of paradise pink sun same diff yeah the retirement community yes she brings her grandson to visit and he does a better job than both she and Quillerin combined <laughs> yes so we discover we actually did not talk about what he discovered <laughs> oh god really we talked about yeah so he discovered that bonnie betsy of betsy or bonnie and clyde is kind of an asshole but then we also discovered so he talked to grandma gage's love interest yes and the big discovery from that is that um her what's his name the love interest crocus mr crocus yeah Mr. Crocus um, had so Grandma Gage had confided in Mr. Crocus that she was being blackmailed. Yeah, and that she was in fact of her own accord planning to leave all of her money to the retirement community. So they were like sort of swindling her out of her money, but like to be honest, she was already being swindled out of her money by a blackmailer. So it was like two sided, like. They weren't even having to, like, swindle her because they were doing the, like, rescuing. So it was, like, they were bad guys. But in this situation, they were, like, kind of good guys. I don't know. It was, like, a weird dynamic. Yeah, I don't think they were ever good guys. I think they they weren't good guys. But they were, like, coming in to rescue Grandma Gage because it was, like, self-serving. Like, they, they kind of saw an in that she was being blackmailed and they were, like, oh, we'll take care of it. Don't worry. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. I'll leave all my money to you. So it was like, eh. <laughs> was it that though? Was Or maybe it was. And like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just assumed that it was. Yeah, because Mr. Crocus said that she had like already decided to leave all of her money to the retirement oh, community. Okay. Um, But that she was worried that because she was being blackmailed, there wasn't going to be any money left when she actually did. Oh, die. that's right. Okay. So that's when Bonnie and Clyde were like, we'll take, like, we'll step in and take care of it. And so they did the, I mean, we haven't, we haven't talked about who the blackmailer is, but connecting the dots. Um, yeah, because we don't find out until after the big climax, the big disruptive incident from the the wedding. Yeah. So we, should we go into that and then finish yeah. it up? Yeah. 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 So right before the wedding, we get Polly's sister we get introduced to Polly's sister who is going to come take care of both Bootsy at Polly's apartment and then Coco and Yum Yum at Quillerin's house so halfway through the like wedding weekend they get a call and she's like hey I didn't see Bootsy in Polly's apartment which I thought was weird but maybe he was just hiding but now I'm in Quillerin's apartment and I don't see Coco or Yum Yum eat yeah so i feel like i feel like polly remained pretty calm but quiller and like lost his (laughs) (laughs) yeah and everything that ensues afterwards just ramped up to like level 1000 (laughs) yeah so of course during this and i mean it is good that he like lost his shit a little bit because if he had gotten there a little bit later it could have been bad yes true but this was also during, like, a major snowstorm, like, another major snowstorm. And so, yeah. like, all of the highways were closed off. Like, all of the roads were closed. Like, no car could get through anything. And he was like, I'll walk. I'll get there. I'll do it somehow. Luckily, he didn't have to because he had his own personal dog sled. <laughs> musher. Like, <laughs> world champion dog sledder. Yep. Um, Right next door, and she was like already harnessing her dogs by the time they were like, Oh, we need your services. Um, excuse me. Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Stop it. You be nice to Mushu. Oh, no. <laughs> He's such an asshole. Oh. I know. I always feel so bad for Mushu, but honestly, if he just learned to play, it would probably be fun for him. <laughs> Don't blame the victim, Julia. 
<laughs> it's not like Judy's aggressive. He's just like he's even like he's not even like guy's claws out he's just soft wrestling right yeah Murphy was like freaking out yeah murphy does that too i mean mostly when she's like floofing out a shadow and franklin are literally just trying to play and she's like i will not have it and i will not stand for it yeah i think mushu just has like too much anxiety so chuni like jumps all over him and mushu's like my big attack oh, <laughs> runs in the hills <laughs> oh what a buddy i know i feel so no. bad for him no. No. but he's getting better <laughs> um, i've said for the past seven years <laughs> yes 100 percent. you have said that every time we talk about it <laughs> um also i'm just remembering actually what um nancy what everyone called nancy like at this point um Quilleran's like oh god I don't want to get on the dog sled but like I have to I have to do it mm-hmm. and so as I think they they do it like three or four times like people in the community call call her a musher's musher <laughs> which is nonsense <laughs> which is not a thing <laughs> no <laughs> but it's still very funny yeah it is really funny um so yeah so Quilleran hurdles out of purple point which is the little island they're actually on an island so they can't get back like all the roads slash bridges are snowed in they had literally just heard a snow report like that morning and then right after that they get a call from lynette um polly's sister being like um the cats and so quillaren's like i'm going i'll be there in 45 minutes and everyone's like did you not just heat like we all just <laughs> You'll heard be there in two red. days because yeah. <laughs> this needs to melt first <laughs> yeah and so that's when he, they all kind of concoct the plan together that Nancy will take him. And so they actually have to go over ice. Like, they have to go over, like, water that's, yeah, like, a, a they, body of water that has yeah, frozen. They, they go over the lake. And Nancy's like, don't worry, I do this all the time. And Quillard's, of course, panicking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then as they're going, she, like, slows down and they look back and they're like, kind of drifting through like slush like the yeah. ice is breaking up and cooler it's like oh god we're gonna die and she's like <laughs> oh look at this like it's a little bit warmer than usual this time of year and just like powers through <laughs> yeah oh my god it was so crazy it really was like even reading that was stressful because i was like oh god just the idea of like you've seen that image in movies so many times of just that like someone just dropping into that like horrifying nothing of ice underneath like oh god yeah and it sounded like that kind of thing where the ice was like it had so many cracks in it that it was like shifting mm, not yeah, cool. they were like floating in like weird directions on top of ice. it was like um is this safe obviously nancy thought it was safe <laughs> right quillerin did not quillerin and i did not <laughs> yeah no i did not either um, but they but made it they, they made do. it to the, to the other end and nick bomba is there to pick him up quillen's true crime bud true crime bud yeah so they they power over to the house and when they get there it's kind of a, a funny scene because yeah. they they get in and quillen's like the cats where are the cats i can't find them but like I don't think he sees Coco at first, but Yum Yum's just kind of like crouched in the hallway. Yeah, they're just like loafed up. They're just yeah, they're just kind of like there, but like the power's out. So at like the entire block, like the whole neighborhood, the storm took the power out. And he just hears like screaming in his house, like people screaming. <laughs> yeah. Because uh some unfortunate house burglar is trapped in his elevator and got trapped there when the power turned out turned off yeah oh my god went out (laughs) went out and uh it is like they can tell that it was like mid robbery because quilleran was like oh my god they were going from the like basement area where like everything was just like apparently like art was rolled up on the floor and like Mm -hmm. other things were just like scattered about and he actually had things with him in the elevator too that he was currently stealing yeah he was like literally caught red-handed yeah quiller made like a a semi-good joke where um someone is like oh is the suspect in custody and he was like suspect (laughs) they caught him red-handed and which is true like literally had everything with him in the the elevator and um 
that's kind of it except for like the little wrap-up that's at the end right yeah so the the burglar we kind of like immediately assume that he's with he's not bonnie or clyde right (laughs) but we assume that he's with him and i think when he calls um oh my god what is her name grandma gage's friend oh celia celia i was gonna call her claudia celia when he calls um celia right afterwards she was like oh the general manager here never came back from his vacation so (laughs) convenient yeah so we i i just kind of assumed that that was the general manager that they caught and then bonnie and clyde were kind of like in the wind for a little bit but quillerin then makes the jump i think afterwards that since he found out that nancy's mother was grandma gage's daughter that nancy's father was probably the one blackmailing grandma gage yes right because he had found out through through like some like family connections i think nancy's mother's like foster parents or caretakers had like passed the secret on at some point in in their life and so he was holding that over grandma gage to try to get a little money to fix up their farm yeah um and then he also makes the leap which not much of a leap because it ends up being true that yeah. bonnie bonnie and clyde were the ones to come up and by taking care of the blackmailer they were the ones who ended up killing nancy's father yeah that was the one i actually gasped at that part i was like oh my gosh this was a pretty good reveal that because quillerin does the thing he like counts back and is like oh wait a minute that was the same weekend that they were up here for the the big burning they were you know casing the house but that was also the same weekend that gil Inchpot went missing which i had not connected yet Mm, yeah that was pretty good reveal but that's pretty good good job yeah lily jackson brown yeah yeah good one um that kind of ties it all up there was a really fun like little bit at the end where um andrew brody comes to Quillerin after Quillerin has spent like a whole day being like deposed by the police and you know kind of spilling the whole story and then Andrew Brody comes over and they have this little scene of Andrew Brody being like hey so like they kind of make small talk about the case and like kind of wrap up a few little last clues and Andrew Brody makes a little jab at like Coco being like behind it all and then he also says um do you happen to know anything about us getting a community college in pickaxe and it being on good winter boulevard yeah yeah and actually that was junior that was junior's phone call no no that was after um because remember it was the same it first came up with andrew brody because andrew quiller and it's like i don't have a comment on that i'm i don't know what to say and brody yeah i think I think Andrew Brody was the one who was like, I hear all of the properties are getting bought up. Does that oh. happen to have anything to do with the Klingenschkone fund? And oh, that's right. Like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, because then he makes that quit that like really police officer quip of being like, well, you sure had a lot to say earlier when you were being deposed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but then it was june i think it was junior's call later that he was like hey quillerin did you hear we're getting a community college and quillerin's like i don't know i didn't hear anything that's right and then he specifically calls polly to be like hey there are a lot of rumors happening and i like may or may not be involved so like whatever goodbye and she's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) no he did he like was even worse about it he was he called her and was like Hey, I just heard two rumors. They're both true, but I'm going to let you find them out for yourself. <laughs> He's such an ass. He is the biggest asshole. Yeah, she was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he was like, oh, don't worry. They'll reach you soon. Like, come on, Quillerin. Oh, my God. And she's like, well, I'm just going to call my sister because she'll know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's probably God. right. She could have called anyone and they would have all known. Probably true. Yeah. So, yeah, that was our mystery Um our little mystery uh, lawyer date earlier in the book that we get that, yeah, Quillerin apparently has been buying up all of the, the old houses, which was not my guess, but was close to my guess of that. He was buying them up for like 
because they love they love an old house museum in pickaxe um yeah i was yeah i was a little bit surprised by the community college too and i there was like a little comment at the end it was like a couple of sentences to be like oh and if he had never moved in he would have never like done this and this and like he would have never discovered like all of these things in the closets and never like solved the mystery and if that orange tabby hadn't marked his back door there wouldn't be a community college i was like what yeah connection was there i know like i don't remember what happened in that exchange that would have caused him to think a community college should come to pickaxe i mean was it literally only the thing that he was mad at that cat and wanted that family to move out so he bought their house yeah but why would that inspire community college well maybe he was just tap dancing afterwards maybe he bought the house out of spite and then was like oh gotta do something good with this (laughs) no i mean i guess it like yeah i don't know i can't remember what happened i kind of like vaguely remember him talking to that obnoxious kid and i was like maybe he thinks that kid needs more education (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah true i like literally couldn't remember the conversation no i couldn't either i mean i and i also couldn't remember anything beyond just like the kid being a normal kid and quiller and hating children so like nothing Mm -hmm. in that either is very yeah for sure but he's bringing more i mean older children but let's be <laughs> honest community college students are still like kind of children <laughs> i mean also like yeah freshmen that's still kind of child age and like especially yeah. if you're gonna have any kind of greek life like you're gonna have man babies running all around your town yeah for sure i want it yep but we do get a little bit at the end so quiller at the very end is doing his typical ruminating through all of coco's actions and you know he's going down the list but he also is sitting in that library and he you know is saying like oh this uh because apparently they're not gonna demolish the buildings they're just gonna keep the buildings and then have like you know different like offices or different classrooms in the different houses because they're like Mm -hmm. fucking huge houses Mm -hmm. and so he was like you know ruminating on like oh well this library would be actually make a really great president's office which I couldn't tell if that was alluding to the fact that he wanted to be the president of the college and he just was like fancying himself like oh sure I could be a president of a college (laughs) I mean he's like buying up all the property to create a new college like it kind of makes sense that he would be the president i guess so yeah yeah i mean there's not really Mm -hmm. anyone else i would could like think of in the community that that would also be like a prime suspect to do it except maybe polly i mean polly would polly would be a good president i don't know if she would want to be a president though yeah i feel like quillerin would want to be the president because you get like that kind of prestige without like right really having to like do a lot <laughs> yes <laughs> yes correct i feel like polly would still want to be like working like actually doing shit yes yeah yeah, yeah not yeah. that presidents of universities don't work i just don't know what they do oh uh, <laughs> fair i mean i also assume they don't work but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i think that's kind of it except for the list of things at the end that we always get the list of things where quillerin is like did Coco do this on purpose or was this just happenstance? Is he just a cat? Is he more than a cat? Yeah. And one of the things was actually sitting in the safe. He was claiming that Coco sitting in the safe was pointing to the fact that it was all financial related, pointing to mm-hmm. the blackmail mm-hmm. and the will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I can kind of, I can, that one's not as much of a stretch. That one's fine. I can, I can get on board with that. That's true. There are a lot there have been bigger stretches and there have been big and yeah so there was also coco found like some foot cream and like oh yeah that is a bigger stretch (laughs) some like corn well i don't think that was as big as a stretch as the last one so the the foot cream and the like corn pads was pointing to the foot family yeah which was nancy nancy's family or nancy's mother's family yeah because her her uh, maiden name was foot like with an e at the end <laughs> so like that wasn't quite as big of a stretch for me as when he was like oh and when he found the ring that was like signified that there was a, a ring of uh of thieves or like a ring of um i can't remember the word that he used oh a crime ring 
yeah like a ring of like crime lords down in yeah in uh in florida in the the retirement community was like that's kind of a stretch mostly because you could replace the word ring with like a bunch of other words right true (laughs) right yeah that's like a phrase that like maybe coco knows because he is a sleuth but also right maybe it's is a little bit of a stretch he could use other words yeah like a group (laughs) (laughs) crime organization yeah yeah so yeah i think that's basically it we got to the end and we should we make our announcement now what we're going to be reading for fall i'm so scared yes (gasps) guys we're going to be reading pet cemetery (laughs) and i'm so scared stephen king himself said it's his scariest book really no (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) bad time to live alone (laughs) Yeah, you're going to be driving home a lot. <laughs> yeah. Down the scary back roads. <laughs> scary, scary. Oh, no. Yeah, so tune in next time. We're going to have the first part of Pet Cemetery, um, mostly for our own reactions to how horrified we are of ourselves, of our cats, of our choices. Yes. And of the spooky season in general. Spooky, spooky. Yeah, so happy Halloween. Oh, I mean, well, we'll be back before Halloween. Happy October, because <laughs> I'm assuming I'll get this out, you know, early October um, in the yep. next couple of days. Yeah. And yeah, happy spooky season until we talk to you again. Yay. Yay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>